Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you've been shot to death by Dirty Randy, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bain. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Jason Manzukis Can't Act, He's Just Always That Crazy, a Jason Manzukis Appreciation Hour. I was going to say, don't you dare slander Jason Manzukis. <laughs> this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online at HiEverybodyMD.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HiEverybodyMD. Also, if you want to call us, talk to us, tell us how we're doing, give us ideas, whatnot, you can call us at 530-DOCTORB. That's 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for bears, as in the bears, because we are focusing on the league set in Chicago with one of my favorite football players of all time in this episode. Yeah, uh, we're discussing Season 3, Episode 13, The Funeral, yeah. where Ruxin has a stroke. Yeah, and this is like a carryover from the previous episode because he gets pretty hot about finding out that the league was colluding against him and not letting him draft uh, his players at the right time. So he got real mad about it, got super worked up, and then stroked out. Right. Yeah. How realistic is that scenario of I mean, having a stroke because of just severe emotional rage? So this goes to a big question of how healthy was Ruxin before this? You know, like, was he eating a lot of steaks all the time, not exercising a lot? He was in a high stress job. I mean, I think we touched on this on a previous episode where a heart attack is kind of like a stroke of the heart. Mm -hmm. um, where there's an occlusion of the vessels going to the brain. Yeah. And so can, the stro a stroke is almost like a heart attack, a of stroke the of the brain. Correct. Or a heart attack of or a brain attack, if you want to a put brain it that attack. Way. But yeah, that's kind of what happened here. But later on in the episode, it kind of made it a little fuzzy. So basically, a stroke is basic um, some kind of occlusion of an artery, or you bleed out, and that part of the brain isn't getting enough blood. So the blood carries oxygen, but also um, carries nutrients to that, that part of the brain. So if you cut it off, that part, your brain's kind of a wuss. So it, with uh, supply getting cut off for a while, it dies pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So that that is a concern there. And the odd thing about Roxon is his main symptom that's most present is his face, right? Right. Yeah, he's, he's uh, depicted basically as having his jaw cocked to one side yeah. and his, his mouth almost like a backslash. Yeah, and usually that kind of facial paralysis you associate with like Bell's palsy, right? Mm -hmm. So Bell's palsy is not a stroke, but it's an inflammation of your facial nerve or one of your cranial nerves. And that's what causes those muscles to be paralyzed. And it's usually on like one side of the face. Mm -hmm. If you have a stroke of some sort, usually you get one side of the face opposite side of the body. So, um, but for him, it was the whole body. I think it was mm -hmm. mentioned except for his penis. Right, because ta uh, Rafi. Uh, not Taco, Rafi was able to milk him. Harvest him. Harvest I him. I think was the better term that he used. And the odd thing about that is if you had really severe brain injury, um, the one way we can tell is you have an erection that will not go away. Hmm. An erection that may last for more than four hours. In which case you should 
contact your your physician, which you should be doing anyway because you You got a stroke. stroke. Yeah. And that's one of those really dangerous signs, too, is that you have an erection um, that is unprovoked. So if we saw someone who took serious, serious brain injury in the emergency department and they, they have an erection and they're out of it, we know that the prognosis is really bad. Clearly, that's not the case here because it sounds like it was provoked. Um, but in general, um, any kind of preopism is what, what it's called. If we see that or an erection that just happens, concerning. That's one of those words that I've only read. So apparently, I've been mispronouncing it in my head what? for uh, what did you preopism. Say it I've been pre-opism? pronouncing it as priapism. Priapism is also, also acceptable. It depends. Okay. On, I think it depends on what part of the country you trained into. But I was thought of it as priapism. Okay. Yeah. Um, also surprised that I knew that word enough to say, hey, that's not how I thought it sounded. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I have no idea. I think that's a more valid question leading into conversations. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Rafi does other things in that emergency, to, or sorry, in that ICU bed that was odd, mainly trying to smother him with a pillow. Right. Yeah. It's feasible. It's not just a Hollywood trope, right? You can smother someone with a pillow? You can, but I was more wondering, how do you find a pillow? Because pillows are a hot commodity in the hospital. <laughs> um, working in an emergency department, that is usually the biggest thing everyone wants is a pillow. And I worked at some hospitals where we could not find a pillow. So the You know fact, why? Because they're being because used Because of Rafi. Yeah, because they're using them for smothering. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to find a pillow. So I'm, A, kudos finding a pillow do you think he bought his own maybe but it's really weird to walk through a hospital carrying a pillow and two knives and a gun okay that's easy to to hide most hospitals unless you go to like a county hospital don't have metal detectors i remember when i did my fellowship we had to learn how to disarm people if they had weapons on them and how to disarm the weapons not detected when you go through the ambulance bay so Weapons were very prevalent, and people would bring in their guns to the emergency department constantly, huh. even though there's signs that say, please don't bring your gun into the emergency department. I can't believe they didn't read the signs. I mean, we don't... Sometimes when you're having an emergency, the last thing you think about is, did I take the gun out and leave it in my car? Probably not. Um, I'm hoping that that's less of a concern working in children's emergency medicine. You would think so. <laughs> they still show up like knives and whatnot still show up our psychiatric patients if they don't get patted down or uh wanded so we actually have a metal detector wand on people if you're not mm-hmm. patted down or wanded properly sometimes they have a, a knife on there and it's a big big surprise when we go to change them and they refuse to change and then find a big old knife on them yeah, so, yeah. i can see how that'd be a sticking point ah terrible pun horrible but <laughs> Speaking of murder, um, (laughs) you would think that if someone got smothered by a pillow, their vital signs would kind of change a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? Like fight or flight. What happens when you fight or flight? Your heart rate. Your heart rate races. And and his his oxygen, blood oxygen would also go go down down if he was being smothered. For a while. But at least the heart rate. And you can hear the beeps in the background very, very steady. Mm -hmm. Did not jack up or anything like that. Just nice and steady. And those are one of those situations where you're put in stress. You would expect the heart rate to go a little faster. So Mm -hmm. I get the beeps for authentic sake, but 
crank up the the pace a little the tempo a little mm-hmm. bit to help make it seem a little more realistic but also ruxin was pushing him away but he was allegedly paralyzed or weak at some point he, he yeah he was able to move his hands occasionally like occasionally we saw him moving his arms and then other times we saw him typing with the a stick right that's when it's appropriate your stroke doesn't turn off or on like that i guess in general like you should it be consistent i think that's probably the way to go so that that whole first act or cold open lots of stuff mm-hmm. wrong with it and then um, the scene that kind of hit home a little bit was how Andre, who's a doctor, like a plastic surgeon, was trying to like explain a bunch of stuff. And they said, why don't you just go in there? Is it because you're not a real doctor? Ah, that, that, that hits home a little bit yeah. there. Especially like for me as a doctor, going into an ICU and looking at, um, I remember my grandmother was sick and I looked at the medications and the doctor went in and it's like, don't touch that. I'm like I'm not mm-hmm. I'm looking. So he's like, what kind of doctor? Or like, Med students shouldn't be touching that. Not med students. Yeah, I th- I remember you telling me telling me that not on the podcast yeah. before. And then going like, oh, I'm I'm an attending. And he goes of what like emergency medicine, and he just looks at me like, huh, and just kind of gets real defensive, and then just tells me to go away. <laughs> like just not thinking I'm a real doctor at that point. So I get that feeling pretty well, but I would not be kicked out of the ICU for that. Okay. I mean, it sounds like Andre did a little bit other stuff that sounded well, inappropriate. I, I thought that the issue was that he wasn't getting kicked out, but that he wasn't authorized to be there just because he was a doctor, because it was families only. Which is odd, because if it is family only, how did he get so much information for someone who's not family? Okay. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you should... This goes to HIPAA stuff, right? Like, he's not an authorized person to get medical information about Ruxin. Mm-hmm. So how did he get all this information? So mm-hmm. he probably did something a little extra to, <laughs> to lose that privilege of getting all that information. So um, he definitely flaunted the fact that he's a doctor. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I walk into the hospital, I try not to be to say I'm a doctor until they do something weird or something I don't agree with. Then I play the doctor card. Th- then you pull the undercover boss card. Kind of, yeah. I mean, when they... They screwed up. One of the hospitals screwed up about my grandmother's care. Um, I pretended not to know anything. And then when they started trying to cover up what they did in a very non-truthful way, I called them out on it. And that stopped everything very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, most physicians usually won't play the doctor card right away unless they're A, really insecure, or B, not physicians. <laughs> it's true. Like, the people who are really insecure about their their lot in life as a doctor play the doctor card real hard when they see other doctors. And it's really obvious and annoying. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's one HIPAA aspect that happened. The yeah. other one is later and I'm j- jumping ahead a little bit. Sure. Uh, but later Jenny pretends mm. to be his wife and yeah. that uh, Ruxin's wife is actually his mistress. That's something that pretended to be, Ruxin's actual wife was was accused of being his mistress yep. in order for her to get in and get some some league info. Yeah. How feasible is that? It's pretty hard. Um, also, why is the nurse playing the receptionist? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. That, w- that was a little odd. It's really hard to do something like that. Uh, like, it depends on the hospital, too, but especially in the ICU, um, especially now in COVID times. 
Uh, it's really hard to get into the hospital unless you prove that you are an authorized visitor. Usually, patients will have like an okay visitors list. Mm-hmm. Um, or like family will say, oh, it's okay to visit. They're pretty locked down in that hospital for some reason, right? There's no reason for it to be that locked down because all of a sudden, Taco comes in later with Matt Forte and Andre into his room, did not get stopped. Right. Rafi gets in really easily, did not get stopped. So yeah, Jenny, but Rafi's also a family because he's, he's brother-in-law, I, right? I know, but eh, Rafi's just Rafi. Yeah. But there's no re- the fact that it was so easy for other people to get in the hospital and then she decides to dress up for no good reason and then to get in, there's, n- there's no need for that. This was, I'm, we're not a screenwriting podcast or plot hole podcast, but there was mm-hmm. no reason Jenny had to do any of that stuff to get in um, to the room. Unless, like, Roxon basically said, no one from the league is allowed to visit. <laughs> Which could be true because he, oh, man, he really hates those guys. He hates them, <laughs> but likes them, but really, really hates them. But he likes Jenny for some reason. So there was no reason Jenny should have dressed up like that, mm-hmm. for sure. But kind of going back a little bit with speaking of hospital stuff, I think it's kind of, since we were talking about visitors and whatnot, and Ruxin's general paralysis, when Matt Forte comes in and gives him a football, he easily raises his left hand to catch a football, but then drops it on his crotch. Yeah. For someone who's paralyzed and lost sensation... He felt a lot of sensation on that. that whole yes, scene. he did. Because that football was on his crotch for a little bit. And just, he just complained nonstop about how he got, he got his junk pushed on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I forgot what he said exactly, though. But he got made fun of quite a bit. Yeah, I don't think that he said anything. I think it was just his, his facial reactions we were seeing. Yeah. And like his left arm was what moved. And remember how I said faces backwards? So mm-hmm. the rest of the body. So his left arm moved, but his left face was or paralyzed as well. Doesn't I think paralyzed sense. is a medical term. <laughs> Ooh, this is the no sleep Jackson kind of situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, the left face being para- paralyzed with the left side of his body paraly- or moving. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes a little sense, but it's just odd in general. But he shouldn't have that much feeling in his downstairs. If he's, if he's fully paralyzed... Yeah. As far as motion goes. Yeah, and he probably has a Foley catheter and whatnot in that at that situation too. I mean, think about it. You can't control those muscles, right? Or they're weak. He's gonna be dribbling a lot. And I'm not talking about basketball. This is a football po- uh <laughs> so he probably needs some kind of protection to catch the the fluid for sure. So yeah. Oh, and I wrote down Andre wanted to talk to Ruxin because allegedly he had a rough night. And got sedated, but he was still answering questions very, very well. Mm-hmm. Usually, try not to sedate patients that had a rough night, like with the stroke, because the last thing you want to do is suppress their mental status, right? Right. So, at most, you might give them melatonin, Benadryl, maybe a little bit of Ativan, just to help them relax if they're anxious. But you don't want to like snow them because because of the fact that everything they're dealing with is a brain issue, and you don't want to fuzzy up their brain. Right. right. So the neurologist wants like a really good exam. Mm-hmm. So they want to really make sure that he's fine. So anything that can fuzz this up or make thing make the results of his exam less accurate, they want to stop that as much as possible. And what did you think about his ICU room? I honestly I didn't give it a that close of a look. Uh-huh. Um 
it just looked like TV ICU room to me. It was pretty sparse, is what I thought in general. As, as far as just, uh, I didn't check for, uh, take a look for, you know, if he had any monitors or he anything did like that. All he had actually was a on him. He just had the little thingy on his finger. Okay. That was it. Uh, you know, that that's used to, in television, uh, it's your blood oxygen, it's your pulse, it's your EKG, it's your EEG. They get that all from the uh, pinky finger. Obviously. Or um, index finger. And that's Pinky what, finger would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. Uh, though, it depends. If your finger's really cold and you got to get it on a finger of some sort, use what you got. Um, but patients in the ICU, especially with stroke patients who are sedated for some reason, will get a strip on their forehead. That'll measure mm-hmm. their brain waves too. Okay. I mean, he's pretty lucid in talking, but if he wasn't, that would be one thing they probably would put on his forehead too. It's just like a, a low monitor. And they did that in, I believe, they did that in The Good Doctor. They had the strip on his forehead, one of the patient's foreheads when he was sedated just to measure his brain waves. I think it was the guy who got his leg cut off eventually. Mm-hmm. It, he actually had the strip on his forehead too. So it is a thing that people use quite a bit. Yeah. As far as the actual monitors that we saw, did we see anything other than the pulse? Nope. Okay. There was like hardly anything. He had like an IV in his hand, some fluids here and there, but nothing major. And yeah, there was, I'm trying to think. No, there wasn't much. Yeah. They also moved him into a chair at one point. Yeah. I was going to bring that up next. Why? (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was wondering the same thing. Like I, I could see conceivably, you know, if you want to include encourage more mobility or if, you know, that would be helpful for bed sores or something. Yeah, but usually you have a rolling schedule. So the nurses will roll you every, I believe it's every three to six hours will roll you so you don't get bed sores or anything like that. Moving him into the chair and then giving him a mouth wand to, <laughs> to set up his lineup was odd. Yeah, because that'd be like a two-person job to get him in and out of the chair yep. and setting up that laptop when they could just have sat him up in bed. Correct. And someone had to have put the thing in his mouth, right? But we all know his hands work because earlier in that episode, he moved his arm to catch the, the ball. Yeah. So that's like a a plot hole kind of thing or inconsistency, continuity mm-hmm. issue, I guess. So seeing that, I was like, ah, oh, man, I love this show. I know it's not a medical show, but come on. Oh, guys. I mean, it's it's still a great show. I don't care. It's, mm-hmm. it's Especially this time of year. It's football fantasy football season still. It's an appropriate show to watch. But I think the biggest telltale scene was like towards was the Was the end. recovery? Yeah. You want to explain uh, that part? Yeah. So, so uh, his recovery scene, he is wheeled out to see his wife, and then behind his wife walks Shiva, who is the Shiva. The, I'm sorry, the Shiva. There you go. Um, who is essentially the goddess of love on the show. She's the who, trophy. She she is the trophy's namesake. Yeah. It was it high school that everyone had a crush on her. Yep. Okay. Everyone's, Everyone had a crush on her in high school. Everyone's and so, sexual awakening was with Shiva. Yep. And and because of that, they named the trophy after her, and they have kind of made her life vicariously horrible a couple times. Oh, more than a hor- more than a few times for sure. She is a urologist, so that she her mentioning Botox into the bladder to freeze that baby up. It's actually a common thing. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So patients with neurogenic bladder, like cerebral palsy patients, paralyzed patients, their bladder can spasm and then cause them to like pee themselves a little bit and, and excruciating pain too. So actually injecting Botox in there will actually paralyze it and help a lot with that kind of those kind of symptoms too. So it's actually a okay. valid treatment. Um, Botox has been used for a lot of weird things. I think originally they found out like if you inject it, it can help with migraines, but that also mm-hmm. helped when you inject it into that area to help with migraines, it removed the crow's feet. So cosmetic stuff like that. But in terms of spasticity and neurogenic bladder, it's a very common thing. Not com- Well, actually it's getting more and more common these days. So Shiva mentioning that stuff, legit. Cool. Yeah. But why did they roll Ruxin out into a hallway to meet his wife? Yeah. <laughs> right? Didn't think about that. Yeah. Especially if you want someone to walk. Mm-hmm. You do it in a special rehab room or somewhere where if they fall, it won't be hard to get them into a wheelchair or into bed quickly. Mm-hmm. Like the last thing you want to do is have them walk in a random hallway because spills happen. There's no handrails for you to hold on to if you do lose your balance or anything like that. So it's a weird place to set up that kind of thing. But I get it. You need to set up so that you can randomly, by happenstance, run into the Shiva. But not cool. Not cool. No. And I assume that instantaneous recovery from stroke, also unlikely. Yeah. I mean, he was walking pretty, like, wonkily, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's my my medical term for how he walked. Was just kind of wobbly, struggling a little bit. Heel or ankle interned, heel interned, all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're that weak, especially if it was kind of a Kaiser Sozi walk. A little bit, yeah. And also, if you've been bedridden for a while, I get it. Like your muscles are going to be weak, and you're going to be kind of wobbly on that part. But also, your coordination is going to be off. So he was just all over the place on that one. But mm-hmm. then he falls into the Shiva pretty quickly, kisses her, facial paralysis gone. Muscle strength gone. Or sorry, muscle strength improved, paralysis gone. It I've never seen that happen except for in cases of like somatoform presentations. And those are like the craziest ones. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. But when I worked in the when I work in the emergency department and I see people who go, Oh, I can't see. And I take my hand and I try to smack them in the face but stop right before their eyes and they flinch, I already know they can see. Right. Even if they don't know they can see. Correct. So there's like a somato. I feel like there's like a psychiatric kind of component. Probably. I mean, this could fit though, right? He's been mm-hmm. mad. He's upset that someone was t- uh, messing with his lineup. He's upset. Andre is now in charge of his lineup. Like all of this stuff all together, kind of maybe just precipitated into this whole massive psychiatric manifestation of his rage. Hmm. Um. But all that manifestation of his rage, psychiatric illnesses can manifest with physical presentations. And this happens all the time. Like kids will come in say, having a stress out day at school, belly pain. Mm-hmm. Kids who hate running, but their families want them to run a lot, which happened before to one of my patients, their leg doesn't work anymore. Despite doing all these tests and whatnot and finding nothing mm-hmm. wrong, they're dead set that something is wrong. And I'm sure like... Ruxin has had multiple tests done and he could have had a, a TIA, which is a transient ischemic attack, which kind of causes the vessels to spasm and cause you to have a temporary stroke. But I think a lot of it could have been just emotional, hmm. an emotional, angry guy. 
He's a very angry guy. Mm -hmm. But that could be the whole presentation of all of that right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, one more semi-medical moment. Uh-huh. The very tail end of the episode. <laughs> tail end. I know where you're going because I, I wrote that down too. Is it the yeah. Sacco? It is the the branding. Uh, is it? Uh, it's Kevin that gets branded, right? It's Pete. Oh, it's Pete that gets branded yeah. with the, the with Sacco. the Sacco. He brand. was a Sacco commissioner and then got mm-hmm. branded with the Sacco brand. And what is the Sacco commissioner? So the Sacco commissioner is the one who helps dole out the punishments for finishing in last place. Thus, the Sacco trophy holder. Ah. I am so glad my fantasy football leagues do not have a Sacco. Wait, that's a thing that happened. Like that is not just a the league thing. There, so I think a lot of leagues adapted what happens in the show, the league. Okay. So if you ended up in last place, you were the Sacco del Toro, the the bull screw. The balls of the bull. Yeah. So that's where it came from. So he got branded okay. on the back, and I will say I've seen a lot of brands. Uh, when I used to work in New Mexico, people get burnt with brands. It does look very clear. And you can mm-hmm. definitely tell what branded you very quickly. Um, but it can also get real bloody. Okay. Especially depending on where you get branded. So if they if you got branded on your back and they push pretty... If it was a light touch, it'll just be a superficial burn. So there'll be some blistering of that area. But if you got pushed really hard, you might cauterize some parts of it. But the surrounding parts might swell up. And especially if you've been itching it or move it or anything like that, more blood would come out. Mm-hmm. So... There's always a chance for blood to come out, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, His cure for lying in the snow, probably a little overkill, but that would be the thing that you should do is cool it it down. Is is actually do like a cold compress or something? Yeah. Uh, Run it under cold water. Don't do what other patients I've had had done, which is like put toothpaste on because of that soothing feeling. um, Mustard. Horrible mm-hmm. idea again. Butter, yeah. We uh, we we go kind of in depth on this when we discuss the office yeah. uh, last season. Mustard and butter. I mean, people do weird weird things to control mm-hmm. their burn, but really, the unifying thing in all of this is cool, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to put something cool on there, but getting branded, not fun. That scar is going to be there for a while. Um, I don't remember seeing the Sacco um, brand on pete in future episodes though luckily he knows a plastic surgeon yes but here's the thing the plastic surgeon doesn't handle burns that often really a general surgeon or a burn service handles burns okay unless you're trying to remove the scar and in this yeah case, that that was my thought on it was yeah, that but here's as the far thing, as getting the scar removed they're gonna how do you get that scar out though you have to cut a, a rectangle out and then graft it like and that's a high mobile area so if you uh-huh graft that area you're not going to be able to move or bend over or do anything for a long long time so okay that's not going to be as fun but mm-hmm. to be fair getting branded by a sacco not as fun in general but yeah uh, and there was one more point in that scene that came up this is actually uh something my wife brought up after googling uh-huh. uh which is the odds that it is not kevin's baby but that it is Rafi's oh, because because Rafi because <laughs> because he enjoyed himself in her underwear drawer. He dropped baby batter in that underwear drawer. The, yeah, yep. <laughs> unlikely. This goes to the whole um, "I got pregnant from sitting on a dirty toilet seat" situation. It mm-hmm. doesn't happen, right? Um, un- 
very, very, very unlikely. Uh, she yeah. might get like maybe a yeast infection if she doesn't wash those underwears. <laughs> God knows where Rafi has been. But in general, you can't get pregnant from right. an, from an air raid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Is that going to be the title? You can't get yep. pregnant from an air raid of baby batter. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it's it's 100% Kevin's kid, uh, later to be named Chalupa Batman. Uh, <laughs> but Chalupa Batman, I believe, is Kevin's kid. Okay. Yep. Because it'd have to be within 10 or 15 minutes to ha- even be feasible, which it's Rafi. I mean, he's a he's a numbers guy, you know. <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta do as much as he can to increase the odds. Mm-hmm. This was explained in another episode about the brown note. I don't think we'll talk. Oh, I don't. The browns the brown note is not a medically accurate thing in general. I don't think I've ever seen the brown note extensively tested. I don't want to see it. <laughs> fair. That is this is not what we're funding with our podcast dollars, Jackson. Oh, all all of our exposure? Yeah. Oh, so many exposure With all bucks. those exposure bucks. Oh, so much exposure bucks. But yeah. All right. Um, so with that, mm-hmm. I do have an important question. Yes. The human centipede bills itself as 100% medically accurate. If that's the case, how medically accurate is season three, episode 13 of The League, The Funeral? Okay. So it's it's less, right? A lot of the stroke representation is not accurate. The ease of someone to walk in with a pillow, let alone find a pillow, not as accurate. I'd say 80%. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some good things, uh, but a lot of it is very not realistic. Like general. the deep cut of Botox being used to freeze yeah. a bladder. That that single-handedly drove it up 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> but like Ruxin having a stroke and whatnot. I mean, if we play this as, oh, he had a psychiatric manifestation of his symptoms, sure. I can probably go up a little more, but never established, right? So mm-hmm. I'd say 80%. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what would you do to make it more medically accurate while keeping the stakes high and still having the uh, culmination of Miracle Shiva Cure? I mean, again, the whole psychiatric thing. If you play it mm-hmm. that way, it would work so well, right? Like, and it's it's jokes for the next three seasons it is but like it's an easy way to say like ruxin felt so angry Mm -hmm. and is so like upset about everything that now he's acting like this and it's kind of like the um, talladega nights kind of situation where ricky bobby was in a coma after he crashed the car couldn't wake up uh everyone tried to arouse him he just wouldn't wake up he was in a quote-unquote coma even though the doctor said he was in a deep sleep ricky bobby would pretend he couldn't walk, was playing wheelchair basketball, but would randomly get up, swat people, sit back down, say he couldn't walk, say he couldn't feel his leg, stabbed his leg. That's when he realized he was in mm-hmm. over his head. So simply just doing that, that would make it the stakes, or in this case, the comedy just as funny without playing on the medical part. Mm-hmm. And okay. he probably would be still kept in the hospital, maybe for a day or two, but then told to like convalesce at home. Mm-hmm. And then everyone would kind of tease him at home shiva probably would show up still same situation minor Mm. change big outcome difference yeah cool yeah but a quicker episode today because it is Mm -hmm. thanksgiving 
Yep. And I think uh, talk- it's, thank- it's Thanksgiving now. Hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Indeed. Um, but nothing goes better than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and football goes together pretty mm-hmm. well. So I thought this would probably be a good combination of episodes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Uh, and we will be back next week with more Hi, Everybody, A Bad Medicine podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye, folks. <laughs>